Welcome back. Welcome to the Mother Truster podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with us and you're listening to this episode. I feel like you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So I am here with Sarah. We are both here and we are also interviewing someone tonight. We're interviewing Kelsey Carter. We are going to talk to her about a lot of different things, but the main thing that we're going to cover is homeschooling. We're going to talk about, you know, that feeling that so many women get where they want to homeschool. Because I think every mom I talk to, when I tell them that we homeschool, they have so many questions. And the one thing that all of them say is, oh, I want to do that. I'm interested in that. You know, were you scared to do it? And so we're going to talk about that. Kelsey taking it from wanting to do it to, and having no experience, and she wasn't homeschooled or anything like that, to actually starting um, and just listening to her heart and how, you know, if, other people didn't agree. And we're going to get into all of it. So stick around. It's going to get good. Um, so yeah, but for Kelsey, she is a mom to three very busy little boys. They are in a lot of sports. Her husband is also a hockey coach and she is a successful entrepreneur. She's built multiple businesses. So she has every reason to not do this. And yet she had to listen to her heart. I remember one time she was messaging me and she said, I just looked over at my boys and I knew that even though it didn't really make sense, I had to do this for them. And I remember hearing her message and it made me so deeply emotional that I remember right where I was standing when she said that. I so remember that too. Right? So you said that. I felt <laughs> your words. It was, that was a, a transitional moment in your life. Mm-hmm. 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 It was. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's dive in. Let's dive into what were you feeling in that moment when you we're looking over at your boys. Like you were probably feeling fear, but a pull your head and heart would probably say very different things. Yeah. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, thank you very much for having me on. This is a topic that I absolutely love, but it also slightly makes me nauseous because <laughs> I know that <laughs> I'm going to say things that some people will absolutely not agree with. And I've just had to learn to be okay with that. So mm-hmm. I've always been very cautious talking about my decision to homeschool. Um, how was I feeling? Honestly, like fear. It's the it's the puke mm-hmm. and rally, right? You make that decision and you just, there's no turning back. You just have to go all in. And mm-hmm. I think Um, I'm probably not the only homeschool mom that will say that the hardest part was just deciding to do it, just getting started, just, just decide, you know, um, it absolutely was terrifying. You're right. I was not homeschooled. I grew up in a small town. I went to, you know, high school with the same kids that I went to preschool with. Um, Mm. that was, you know, it's, that's what we, most of us anyways, have grown up knowing was the only option was to go to a public school. Or if you, you know, came from a wealthy family, maybe go to a private school. But, um, you know, in most cases, homeschool was never really an option, at least where I'm from, Um, the family that I'm from. um, Homeschooling never came up in conversation ever. So for me, it definitely like it was it was a long time coming. I feel like I always wanted to be a very present mom. I really it really irritated me that the the normal family and I'm like making my quotation marks with my fingers right now, the normal (laughs) 
family, the normal parents see their mom or sorry, see their kids for what an hour in the morning as they're rushing out the door to go to school and go to work. And then maybe two or three hours in the evening when again, it's that rushed, stressful time of the day where you're picking up the kids from school and you're late because you just got off work and you're rushing home to quickly throw together dinner, clean up all the dishes, you know, try and cram in getting their homework done and then do a quick bedtime routine and get them to bed. Well, you know, in those few hours, what do you, what do your kids see? Like they see mom and dad in the most stressful hours of their day, trying to rush them through every single, you know, step in their nightly routine and just get them to bed. You know, there's no, there's, there's no love in that. There's no mm-hmm. like, slowing down and being present and enjoying your kids, right? I always, uh, I don't know. That always really bothered me. I think, and I just, um, I just remember thinking that I didn't want to be that, that kind of parent. I wanted to be, um, be able to, I guess, give them a slower paced life where. It's okay if we're, you know, sitting on the couch at 10:30 in the morning in our pajamas still reading a book or mm-hmm. you know, something where my kids just feel that I'm there. I'm I feel I feel like every mom wants to give their kids like when you said uh, that slower paced life, I'll finish my sentence. But when you said people are seeing that or your kids are seeing that rushed life in the evening. Um, Yes. And I think that's where everyone who's listening to this, who wants to homeschool, they also feel that rush and they also want to be, but they just don't know how. And I think that, there's really a story that we build up that we say, okay, they can do it, but I can't. And usually the thing that comes up is finances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think that, I think even when we were sitting talking to Sarah and Chad, when we were on the Island, that was the thing Chad had mentioned. He's like, it's finances. That's what most people will not for them, but for most people, that's what will come up. But I find it really interesting with you because I know you so personally, I saw you go through that with finances and it wasn't that it wasn't scary. You just kept choosing. And so it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a massive sacrifice and decision that you truly need to make as a family. Um, Because though I was sacrificing, um, giving up an income, you know, outside of the house. Um, My husband also sacrifices by working more, you know, and being gone more and putting in the extra effort to, um, you know, make sure that that our bills are paid and and all of that. But there's there's so many options these days. I know we're going to get more into this, but it comes down to when you make that decision, that that's how you want to raise your family and that's what is best for your family specifically, mm-hmm. um, you'll find ways to, mm-hmm. to make it happen. You know, you'll find the things, um, maybe all the big fancy things that you once had aren't as important anymore when, you know, what's, 
what's the joy in having a big fancy house when you're not even at it for 90% of the day because you're at work just trying mm -hmm. to pay for it, right? Um, so we'll, we'll definitely get more into that about the finance thing. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely get that that's a, a big step and it's very scary for a lot of families for sure. So when you were sitting there, you know, the many nights thinking about homeschooling your kids, what was your biggest fear or what do you think other moms, um, biggest fear would be? Um, my biggest fear was if I didn't do this, if I didn't make the sacrifices and do something that is so wildly out of my comfort zone, <laughs> um, my biggest fear, honestly, was that my kids would end up being average. Mm. And I know that, uh, I don't know how that sounds to those of you listening, but to me, that was a very scary thought because in my opinion, and again, this is just my personal opinion, but when kids are going to school, to a public school and honestly to most private schools as well, um, they're put through this almost almost an assembly line. You know, if there's 25 students in a class being taught by the same teacher, that teacher giving all 25 students the same worksheets, the same assignments, they're writing the same tests, and they are marked and graded based off of those same things. And mm -hmm. as sad as it is, when you're in a, you know, parent-teacher interview, um, for probably 90% of the, the conversation that you're having with their teacher, the teacher might say, hey, you're, you know, your daughter is really great at math. She's doing, um, doing well, but she's really lacking in science. Like, you really need to get her a science tutor. She really needs to work on this. She only has a B in science when she's A plus and everything else. And it's like, it's such a negative mindset, you know, type of way to look at it because you might have a daughter who is a mathematician, you know, she or an artist and she's so gifted in a different area. And mm -hmm. that teacher is focusing on is the one thing that she falls slightly below average in. Well, I think that's what public schools do. They make great average people. You're average across the board and you have, there's no, you know, um, buckling down on your genius. And I remember reading a book by John Maxwell and he said, don't worry about what you're average at that like average worked on can only become good. But he's like, what you're good at can become excellent. That can be your genius. That can be your superpower. And I know in Switzerland, they have these schools where kids get to work on whatever they want to work on. And so someone said, well, don't they graduate behind? You know, they're lacking all these different areas. And there's, um, a study, I don't know exactly the study, it could have been me on Google, let's be honest, but it was, basically they said like, no, when our students leave, if they are missing something and they wanna go for further education, the most they ever have to play catch up is about six months. And it's because these kids follow exactly what they wanna do, so they're actually ready. Wow. Right. And why is this not going on in Canada? Why is it weird if we want to talk about homeschooling? Why are the ones who homeschool, 
used to be the weirdos. I, I was homeschooled my whole life and it was for religious reasons. So there's a bit of a stigma around that. Like growing up for me, a kid born in the 90s, if you were homeschooled, it's because you're probably from a really strict religion. Mm-hmm. So then when people would meet me, they'd say, oh, but why aren't you weird? You're homeschooled. Why aren't you weird? <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks. You know, so there's there's that there too, that some of the moms, oh, if I homeschool, will they be weird? I have a lot to say on this apparently. Sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. So you I- just... Yeah, go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'll ask a question. <laughs> um, so Kelsey, if so, we know that it was kind of always on your heart. So if we can look back to the three months to six months leading up to you actually making the final decision, mm-hmm. are there some things like like three key things maybe that really just helped tip you over the edge, but really mm-hmm. weighed on your conscience to bring you over? Oh, there's probably a list of a hundred things, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, so my oldest son, he did go to school for a year and a half. And um, during that time, he's he's extremely bright in many things, uh, but really loves math. He loves numbers. He is just a little statistician, like he just literally studies stats and numbers, loves them, just absorbs them so easily. And um, I remember one day it was the end of, I don't know if it was right before like the end of the semester around Christmas or something. And he brought home this big folder full of all the worksheets that he had done that semester. Mm. And I was kind of looking through them and honestly was shocked at some of the things they were learning that I had absolutely no idea that they were being taught that. And one of the things that I guess I started questioning him on was knowing how strong he is in math. I said to him, you know, okay, here's a math worksheets that you've done. How many of these do you do every day? And he said, one, I said, okay, so a worksheet like this, you know, it was, pre- it was pretty simple. How long does this take you? And he said, I don't know, 30 seconds, like with this kind of smart ass kind of voice. Right? <laughs> and I said, so you have an hour math class. What do you do for the rest of the hour if you're only doing one worksheet? And he said, he looked at me and said, well, I asked the teacher for more worksheets all the time but she doesn't have time to give me anything else. So she tells me to sit there and be quiet so she can help the other kids. And Mm. it just like my, my mama heart just sunk because Mm -hmm. that was an area that he loves and he wants to get better because what he was doing was not challenging him enough. And when he asked for more work to help him, um, continue to excel with that. He was, you know, shot down and told to go sit down and wait basically for the other kids to catch up. Um, and you know, with that, there are so many, I, I do want to say like, there's so many teachers that are incredible. He had an incredible kindergarten teacher who I love. Um, so many teachers that, you know, I appreciate what they do so much because I truly don't know how they do it. Um, but 
with so many kids in classrooms these days. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with my sister-in-law who is a teacher herself. She um, teaches grade two and she's in a different city, but I would run, run a lot of this kind of by her and say, you know, what's normal? Like he has more than 30 kids in his class this year and six of them require um, like extra help. And they didn't have any, whatever they call it for you guys, but like teacher's assistants or they didn't have any extra help. Hmm. So of course, you know, I'm, I'm not putting any blame on his teacher because of course she doesn't have time to just go print out a bunch of extra stuff for the kid that's, you know, um, flying through it so quickly. She's helping all the other kids that need more of her attention. Um, so understandably, and, and if it was my child that needed the extra help, I would hope that the teacher was giving him the extra help that he needed, but it's not fair that teachers are, you know, all of this weight is put on their shoulders and they're not getting the help they need, which is crazy to me that of six students that needed extra help, they, there's one teacher you know, with over 30 kids and six of them needing extra help, like, how are they able to do that? And that's where I go back to the, you know, the teachers are, their job is to help people pass, you know, just to get to the next grade. They're, they're there to build up average kids that can get to the next grade. And unfortunately, so many of their strengths and passions are overlooked or just not, um, there's not any attention brought to those insane passions or insane strengths because um, they're working on the things that they're falling behind in or that they're not average in. I think that we need to tap into that word average because it's just giving me some ideas. You know, I think it's that the truth is no kid is average, but when you grow up in a system where it all has to be the same because there's just so many, you're going to just feel like, yeah, I'm just another, you're not going to feel, you know, special because that thing that you were good at wasn't fanned or there wasn't time to fan it or, you know, don't be too good because you'll pass all the other kids in class. Right. So like, it's really interesting that you bring up that word because that's what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've had a strong connection with that word (laughs) average, Um, but it, it really is true. Like schools are made to build kids to work for entrepreneurs, you know, kids are, are brought up, um, learning how to go to a nine to five job. You know, there's not a whole lot of emphasis in the school system to produce entrepreneurs who think outside the box and take risks. Yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah, the school system was originally designed for factory workers to produce factory workers because that's the era we were in and that's what that's what the country needed. And it hasn't been revamped wow. in any drastic way. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's still, yeah, isn't it interesting? And so you're right. Most entrepreneurs, like a lot of them, I find, actually don't have a lot of secondary or they're not using their secondary. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. How many um big ceos well not ceos but billionaires company owners um you hear about that dropped out of school or didn't even get their high school diploma yet 
go on to build a multi, multi, multi billion dollar company, you know, they hire people that are more educated than they were, right? Yeah, I think as Elon says, he's like, I didn't go there, but I hired yeah. people who did. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right. So Elon Musk. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you though. I feel like um, there can be a huge loss of creativity because mm-hmm. you're just always told, you know, be quiet, sit down, don't move, wait till you're asked. And um <laughs> that just kills anyone's spirit. Exactly. Right. And I feel like that's the whole point of this podcast. As mothers, we know our children's strength more than anyone and we'll fight for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So we know what they need and you listen to that. So I, that was one of the biggest things I wanted you to share tonight was just relating to like, seriously, everyone I talk to about homeschooling, it's well, how did you decide to do that? How did you become brave enough? Did you think that you would fail? Yeah. Like all of those thoughts. And so it's going really well for you though. You know, of course I had so many fears. Um, I, you know, I have young kids, so I, I definitely shouldn't have jumped to all the fears that I had of, oh my God, like, can I teach grade 12 calculus? (laughs) Which literally I was thinking that that was one of the things that almost stopped me. Meanwhile, my child was in grade one. So I was very long away from that, but I really decided like, okay, this is not a permanent decision. If thing, you know, shit hits the fan and things are not going well, it's not the end of the world if my child is put back into school for grade two, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it one year at a time and see how it goes. And, um, I think, you know, what you really realize is, um, there's, you don't need as much time as you think that it takes. I know kids, usually go to school from, let's say, 8.30 to 2.30 is, I think, the hours here. Um, 8.30 to 2.30. Well, how much of that time do you think is actually doing focused learning? Right. And the answer is probably pretty minimal. I remember my sister-in-law, who's a teacher, I was speaking to her in September um, because, you know, we're trying to get back into our routine. We had just moved into a new home. Um, all of our sports and things were starting up again for the winter. And I was talking to her about this and she kind of laughed and said, I'll be honest, Kelsey, like September is a complete write-off at school. And I said, well, why? And she just said, well, she teaches grade two. And she said the first month of school for, you know, a lot of the younger grades is literally just teaching them routines and habits. You know, this is where your lunch kit goes when you come to school. This is where you put your your boots and your coat. Um, This is where the library is. You know, let's learn how to line up single file with your buddy so that we could walk down the hall to the gym. And then learning where things are in the school. Um, learning like, okay, now it's time for math class. You know, everyone get to your desk. Let's open up your math book. Well, by the time students kind of shuffle from one subject to the next, there's very limited amount of time that they're actually doing focused work. 
So I've feel free to chime in. I know you're <laughs> I've definitely learned like, you know, this has been a couple of years now, but I've learned that it's okay that I'm doing things differently. And an example of that would be um, my son, let's say if we're working on science, well, or actually math will be a better example. Let's say we're working on math and there's a couple um, worksheets or assignments in a row that are all learning long division. Well, if your teacher is, is teaching you a lesson, you know, on the whiteboard at the start of the classroom or at the front of the classroom, and she's teaching you how to do long division, by the time she's kind of done her lesson, and now it's time for the kids to actually do the work, they might get through like two or three questions and then the bell rings. So then they mm -hmm. close the book. And by the time they get home and they have to finish that homework at home, they've completely forgot the technique that she just used to do that long division, right? Whereas when I'm sitting down working on a subject with my son, um, when we're in the groove of like, okay, we totally got this, you know, and I'll be honest, like there's been a couple of things I, I won't lie. Like I went to YouTube and was like, okay, let's learn how to do long division here before I have to teach my son tomorrow. <laughs> um, so we're learning this together. And once he's in the groove of it, um, he's, he's just flowing through question after question after question, because he's like in it, you know, he's focused on long division. So he will end up going through, honestly, four or five worksheets that are like separate assignments that you should do, you know, over the span of probably two weeks, he'll get it done in half an hour, because he's focused on long division. It hasn't, you know, the bell didn't ring, all the students aren't moving around behind him, you know, the teacher's not interrupting with other things to help the students that haven't caught on yet. You know, when he's focused and in something, um, we'll stick to that. And we might do long division for a couple of days, but we'll bang out a whole unit in, you know, two or three days versus a whole semester. So there's just, you know, so many little things that I've had to learn, like, it's okay if we don't do five subjects every day. You know, that didn't work for us. So let's do something that is going to work for us. And both of us will be much happier at the end of the day. I think that I love that you just said you do what works for you. And I'm a big advocate of that. I, I really, I think being raised so different, I've just never, I don't know. I don't worry. I don't know how to fit in, but for the moms who are scared to do it because, well, I won't know how to do it. Yes, you will. You'll know how, and you'll listen to it. Like Kelsey did yeah. like, Oh, we're not going to do all the subjects. Okay. Like, yeah, I don't think you can get it wrong. Not as wrong as we're thinking in our head. It's not that complicated. No. Um, you know, nobody knows your child better than you do. Mm -hmm. And you know, as many, I follow so many homeschool moms on Instagram. And I swear I saved before I finally had the guts to take my son out of school. Um, and I have three sons, by the way, but he was, you know, the first that was in school. So um, the other two were still too young. Um, but 
I followed so many moms to like get ideas of like full curriculum that they were doing for their kids. And I felt like I was failing because I wasn't going through the curriculum like they were. And there was moms that were teaching five subjects a day and they were teaching subjects that my son had no interest in whatsoever. And, you know, one of the simple things was, I remember one day um, there was an author study and he was supposed to read about this author who literally, you guys, he, it's, it's an old author who has died. Okay. So this is learning about an elderly or uh, an older author who has passed away. You know, my son had no interest in learning about this guy. I had never heard of him. I wasn't interested reading it either, if I'm being completely honest. And it, he was supposed to read it and then answer all these questions about the author. You know, where was he born? What was his first book? You know, how did he get into writing? <clears throat> and I, he was just miserable. I was miserable. We closed our books for the day and just like couldn't do it anymore. And it was, I definitely remember that day questioning whether or not I should send him back to school. I just thought this is awful. I can't do this. And the next day we sat down and I said, all right, we have to read about somebody's life. And then we have to answer questions about that person's life. So who's your favorite NHL player? And I have little boys that are obsessed with hockey. Okay. So when I said that to him, his eyes like lit up. He was so mm. excited talk about his favorite NHL player. So we went on to Wikipedia and typed in um, Igor Shesterkin, who's like an NHL goalie that my son was obsessed with at the time. And sure enough, it, it literally has a full write-up about his life and how he got into hockey, where he's from, who his parents are, um, who, you know, what team he was drafted to when he was 18. And my son read, <clears throat> excuse me, he read the whole thing top to bottom. It was probably like 15 pages on Wikipedia about this person's life. He read the whole thing, like flew through it. I've never heard him read so good before. Then he went back on his own and answered every single question. He wrote out like six pages of answers, not a single complaint, not a single whine. I didn't like he was so happy because it was something he was genuinely interested mm. in. And I literally just thought, like, if he was in language arts at school right now, he would have failed that assignment miserably because he had no mm. interest in that author, right? But here at home, he completely excelled in it. Did he read? Yeah. Did he answer the questions and write? Yeah. So, you know, what's, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what I mean? He still did the assignment at the end of the day. And it just really makes you see, like, nobody else is going to know my child like i do and tweaking things here and there so that he's happy doing it he's interested in it it's you know i tweak it into something that he's somewhat passionate about um you know and it just made the world of the difference to him and his learning that day hmm. that's so cool um i used to work at a private school for uh, autistic children and that was one of the benefits of the private school that specifically that we were in was 
that we could tweak anything for any of the kids, right? If if they wanted, if we needed them to do a test, I could read the test to them. Yeah. Instead of them having to do it, you know, themselves. And if yeah. they gave me the right answer, perfect, right? And that's how it should be. That's amazing. So um, I've I've heard you mention a couple times, you know, once I had the guts and and that that there was a lot of fear surrounding that. So let's touch on that a little bit. Um, I know you said your sister-in-law is a teacher. So how did it go with your family and friends when you made the decision to make that change? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I laws who are teachers. One of them uh, is a principal at a high school and um, they are very much, um, you know, went to university, got there. I think they both have two degrees. Um, my sister is incredibly smart, but definitely um, I'm, I guess, more of the wild child. <laughs> if you were to compare the two of us, um, she always knew what she wanted to be when she grew up. She always knew what, you know, university she would go to and what she was going to study degrees and um i think they definitely had a lot of uh i don't know I, maybe they were nervous for me maybe they were thinking i was just way too far over my head and you know i kind of feel like over the last few years um people have been waiting for me to fail you know, they've been waiting for me to say, okay, I can't do this anymore and send the kids back to school. Mm -hmm. I really, every time I'm around family, um, somebody will say something about, well, in a few years when the kids go back to public school, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I just mm -hmm. have to shake my head because I mean, who, never say never, who knows what may happen in the future. But at this point, you know, we're pretty certain that we are very happy doing things differently and having more freedom. Um, and you know what? I have a lot of um, nieces and nephews that I help out a lot because when they have a stuffy nose, when they're sick, when they have an appointment they need to get to, guess who they phone? Me, because I'm the one at home. I'm the one with the freedom and flexibility to um, live, you know, life on my terms and I'm not tied down to a nine to five job like all of them are. And, um, I think my sons have definitely realized that in, in little ways over the understanding, like our mm -hmm. mom stays home. She's there for everything. You know, we are able to do so much, um, that most families aren't because I'm at home with them. And, um, you know, again, back to the finance thing, there's absolutely sacrifices that you have to make. But at the end of the day, you know, it came down to we weighed out our options. Um, I was in a point where my oldest was at school and my younger two were at home. So had I decided to go and get a real job and... Um, send him to school, I would have had to put the other two into daycare. I would have had to pay for after school care for my oldest because 
I don't know about you, but I don't know what job you can leave at 2.30 to go pick up your kids from school. Um, you know, there's not a nine to five that works around this school schedule. So we weighed out our options and, you know, paying for daycare, paying for after school care, the cost of, you know, getting to and from my job and paying for work clothes and gas and parking, you know, everything adds up. And it, it just, it didn't make sense. It was not worth it enough to, you know, at the end of the month, come out with a couple hundred dollars, maybe in extra money, um, aside from after having, you know, paying all of those childcare expenses, it didn't make sense. It wasn't worth it to me to have that couple hundred dollars in my pocket and miss out on so many hours with my kids. Um, looking back, you know, that is, I'm just so, I'm so grateful for all the time that I have with them. You know, don't get me wrong. It, it, there's days where it's crazy and I want a break and I will lock myself in the pantry with a cup of coffee just to like try and have a few sips while it's hot <laughs> and the kids run wild, but you know, it's, that I know they will cherish forever and they'll look back and appreciate it one day when they see, you know, all of the things that I was able to be there for with them um, because of this decision that we made. I remember a story you told me and I've thought of it so many times and you were at the swimming pool with your kids and this woman and she was about 80. She walked up to you and she said, enjoy it. But she also said, your kids might live with you for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But she was 80. So the how many sets of 20 years did she not have any kids at home? You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, like it just hits. It's such a short period of time. Like I realized I've had Abrielle for a decade. And if I'm lucky, I'll have her for another decade before she moves out. It's half over this this era. Now I know we need to enjoy every era and I'm so excited to see her grow up and see what she creates and maybe she'll always live with me, but you know what I'm saying? It's a very special <laughs> season with your kids. That, that is, it is scary to think about, you know, that mm -hmm. um, you're already potentially half done the time that you get to spend living with your daughter. Right. And so, you know, and it's oh <laughs> <laughs> that kind of hits doesn't it it does mm -hmm. it so does when, that when time about, is go ahead i was just gonna say i think about sending her to school all day i don't want to and even when i think about what ways i want to work my business and I'm, i know you've thought of that too like mm -hmm. i'm in the season of passive <laughs> automated digital yeah. you know three three long days off on the weekends like yeah. Getting this straight in your life, getting this straight, this priority, if it's homeschooling, like Kelsey has decided to, or just really listening to your heart and leaning in, you are, this is one thing you're never going to regret. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It is, you know, it is worth getting out of your comfort zone. And if you, you have to find a way to bring in extra money at home, then do it. You know, mm -hmm. you will never regret going outside of your comfort zone to learn, you know, how to 
whatever, set up an Etsy shop or sell something on Amazon or, you know, we have social media platforms that are free. You guys, it's literally free (laughs) to have a business on most um, online sites or, or social media platforms. And take advantage of that. You know, this is 2024. Like if you haven't, if you're still in this um, mindset of everything online is a scam, like I'm sorry, but there's 18 year olds who are making millions of dollars. Okay. Figure it out, figure out a way. There's so many options for you these days. Mm -hmm. And if it's a matter of making, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month just to offset um, that little bit of profit that you would have normally brought home in order to have those extra, you know, 50 hours a week with your kids. Like, think about that. Let me just like literally take out my calculator here for a second. <laughs> if you're, if you're at a nine to five and you're working, let's say, you know, a, a 40 hour a week job, plus let's say another, um, 10 hours a week with just like commuting, So 50 hours a week times, let's say 50 um, weeks in a year, because you're so looking forward to those two weeks of holidays you get in your entire year that you get to finally spend with your family. That's 20. Kelsey's very, very pro entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) I am. You are. Keep going. Keep going. Guys, that's 2,500 hours this year that my kids would be growing up under the influence of somebody who's not me 2,500 and you know, they go to school for what? 12 years. That's 30,000 hours, 30,000 hours that each of my kids would be going somewhere away from me where I have no idea who they're talking to, what they're talking about, what they're Mm -hmm. learning, you know, unfortunately, and I hate to say this, but we often think of, you know, hoping that our kids are going to um, have good friends that are a good influence on them. Well, the world's a scary place right now. And kids are influenced by their parents, you know, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of influence that ends up going on to your children too. And, if you maybe have different beliefs than those kids' parents, or you have, you know, different opinions on whatever it is, politics, anything, um, your kid is bringing all of that home with them. And it's, it's scary to me that, I don't know, it's scary to me that I'm not there, I guess, to kind of filter out the things that I think are acceptable for my eight-year-old to learn, you know? Um, I want to be there. I want to be that main influence for him. We are the ones raising him. And if you don't have time, why did you have kids? You know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> people are like, well, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I have an answer. <laughs> no, if you can and you have to work, okay. But, you know, maybe there's a way you can, um, you know, have shifts that are the the opposite of your spouse to work a couple night shifts to bring in some income, um, something. But looking back, the time that I've had with my kids is something I would never, ever in a million years take for granted. It's not worth it to me for that little extra bit of income. 
I think that there's another area here I want to get into talking about, and I think it's that children are meant to be raised by their parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm echoing a lot, but we've gotten so far, not on this podcast, but just in society, we've gotten so far away from that. It's just become normal, like you said, for them mm -hmm. to be away from us basically all day. Like in Alberta, Abriel and Darcy, they were leaving on the bus at 7.45 and they were getting home at, uh, what was it, close to four o'clock. That's job. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a long they time. did, right? Like they did one year and I just said to Drew, like, we can't, I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be you, or if it's going to be me. And funny enough, it's Drew who does a lot of the homeschooling with the kiddos. But um, I had that same check in my heart. I'm like, I want these children to be raised by Drew and April. That's who yeah. they were born to. That's who yeah. knows their soul plan. Like that is who, you know, is in their corner and knows where they're coming from. Absolutely. Like, mm -hmm. I find it really weird that you said, not weird what you said, but in our society that you have to be careful who you say this to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's broken. <laughs> That's so broken. Like, oh, I, I mean, want to spend all day with my kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, homeschooling has come such a long ways, especially since COVID. Since yes. the pandemic, when the pandemic hit, there are so many more options now for homeschooling. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, back in the day, similar to what you said about um, <laughs> you were, sorry, my dog ran down here. So there's some clicking with his paws. Okay. Please go. <laughs> there's, it's, it's not like it was way back when, when the only kids that were homeschooled, you know, lived on an Amish farm, right. And wore dresses like, and that was something that, like was painted in my head. I grew up in a small town surrounded by Hutterite colonies. And mm -hmm. those were the kids that were homeschooled. There was never anybody in town who didn't wear a dress and a bonnet. They, they weren't homeschooled. You know, things are not, this is 2024. Like things are so far advanced. Um, mm -hmm. What, you know, the technology that's available and lessons, you know, there's live Zooms, there's things that I could put on if I'm not confident teaching him that, you know, I can sign him up for some live zooms with a science te teacher if I need to. Um, but it's, I don't know where I was going with that, but it, yeah, it's, it's just come such a long way. Um, I love how much we can just personalize it to each of our kids and really give them what I think they need to thrive with, you know, their purpose and what, what really lights their soul on fire and makes them happy. Because at the end of the day, if I know that I'm not raising the next scientist, you know, why am I so worried about his mark in science when he's um, so good in a different area? You know, and I, I'm yeah. sure that's the opposite of how a lot of parents think. They think that if your kid is failing in science, you should hire a science tutor. But if he's excelling in something else, you know, I'm in the mindset of let's push him in that thing that he's excelling in because that's what he's going to go and end up doing with his life. Mm -hmm. I remember you and I having this conversation years ago and you said to me, you were talking to me about hockey schools with Chad being in that mm -hmm. um, and how 
they play hockey all day and then they stop to do a little bit of curriculum and then they go back because that's what they want to do with their life. Right. And I feel like that's what the wealthy families were doing. And mm -hmm. so now to do that at home, you're just kind of picking up on something that uh, the people who knew were already doing to play yeah. to their genius. Right. Um, like, I remember reading. We, oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, that's you know, and we're just we're an athletic family, so I this won't kind of this won't resonate with everyone. But um, something that Jordan Peterson, he's an incredible author. His books, um, I think you probably got me onto listening to his podcasts and his books. Um, but he spoke about boys specifically. So I have three boys. So, um, you know, obviously any, any boy moms out there listening know the amount of energy that they have. <laughs> mm -hmm. There is no lack of energy and noise in our house. I'll tell you that. And Jordan Peterson spoke on this topic and how um, boys are just, they're not made to be able to sit still in a classroom for eight hours a day. Um, and I really get that. I have a couple of nieces that I look after every week. And when they come to my house, they'll come and sit down and color a page for like two hours. Like they will literally just sit and do crafts. And I just like, my jaw drops. I'm like, how on earth are they sitting there two hours later, still working on the same craft? Like mm -hmm. I've never ever seen my boys sit down for two hours to do a craft, but it's not them. You know, they're not the, the type of kids that sit down and want to do that detailed artwork like my nieces do. And I'm not saying every boy and every girl are, are the same, but there's some high energy kids that they're not dumb. You know, it's, they're not failing school because they're dumb. In, in fact, they're probably very bright and very smart. But when you put them in a setting where they are glued to mm -hmm. a seat and they are reprimanded for getting up out of that seat and going somewhere else or moving around or talking to somebody, you know, it's just when you pull, pull them out of that environment, you'll see who thrives. Um, you know, if you were to take a classroom of 20 kids and the the kids who are doing the worst in the classroom or, you know, the worst grades and go and put those same 20 kids outside, mm -hmm. the kids that had the poorest grades at in school are the ones that end up being the leaders outside. Mm -hmm. They just have a different way of living or a, a different mindset. They're the leaders outside. They're, that's their area of comfort where they are happy and, um, you know, passionate and excited to be outside building things, right? And being creative outside instead of on a piece of paper. Um, so mm -hmm. I really, I like a lot of what Jordan Peterson has said about that because that's something I've definitely um, really realized. And I no longer feel bad about this. I, at one point kind of questioned, you know, am I doing the right thing? But I figured out, I, I know my kids better than anybody else. And I know that they have a lot of energy. I know that, you know, I feel better. I have a better mindset when I exercise 
and I, I run and I get fresh air, I feel like that. So imagine how my little boys feel. So we definitely do things differently and we get out every morning going for a big walk or a run. Um, my one son runs a lot with me. He even comes to the gym with me all the time. Um, we go to the hockey rink and we'll go skating for an hour and a half. And then we'll come home and do a little bit of schoolwork for 45 minutes. And you know what? That 45 minutes of school is, I don't even call it school. I just call it learning. 45, we're just, we're going to sit and we're going to do some learning for 45 minutes. And they're so focused and relaxed and just happy and content because they got out all that energy. They got mm -hmm. to do that they love to do. And, you know, now they know that, okay, we've done that. Now it's time to sit down and learn a few things. And then we get to go back outside again, you know? So it's, it's definitely different, you know, it's different than how I'm sure a lot of homeschool families do it. But I think the important like takeaway from this is that, you know, what your child is passionate about, you know, mm -hmm. what makes them happy, you know, what their strengths are like, the majority of your time in the day should be spent on that thing, not the thing that that they don't excel in. I find it really interesting that you said you don't call it school, you call it learning. So I instantly thought of when I'm take I take courses all the time, right? And so I thought about when I sit down to take a course. I'm like, oh, I should just watch a video, 30 minutes to an hour, just get something done on that course. That's just learning. It's lifelong yeah. learning. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're taking school where, okay, you need to go to a building. You need to go to school. That's what you're doing full time. And okay. So if I'm an adult and I want to learn something further, I need to enroll in a college. Oh, I can't do that. So that I, I shut down. I don't bought right where if you take that away and you just say, no, it's learning. You're learning. Yeah. You're a lifelong learner. You're learning something you're interested in. So you can research that at home. You can take courses at home. Maybe one day you'd want to take it from a college if that's the right avenue for you. But yeah, I really feel like you're shifting the mindset to entrepreneur in that area because entrepreneurs are always taking courses. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I don't know if you did that intentionally, but that's exactly what you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, of, of course, I kind of have that in mind. Um, it's funny, it. like, this is so random, but I don't know why this just came to mind. Parents tend to ask their kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you might like list off some options. Like, do you want to be a firefighter? Do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be a this or that? And the things that my kids and I kind of talk about are just polar opposite. Like if you know, let's talk about hockey because my kids are obsessed with that and that's just our life. But I know so many parents, I heard this at the hockey rink on the weekend, um, a child talking about how they're going to be in the NHL and blah, blah, blah. And the, and the dad just said, well, that's wishful thinking, you know, only the best players make it to the NHL. Like you're probably, you're not, you know, don't get your hopes up. Come and I just shook my head, like never in a million years have I ever told my kid that they're not going to make it, you know, mm -hmm. if that, because that mindset starts right now when they're young mm -hmm. in this. Age. So if you're telling them that already, and that's just an example, you know, make it to the NHL. Sure. 
that might be a long shot, but why, why not them? You know, why not my kids? If somebody else's kid who was once eight years old made it to the NHL, why can my kid not, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm just in this mindset of like, if that's what you want to do with your life, I am going to do absolutely everything I possibly can to help you get there. And, you know, push him in, in different areas um, to help him achieve that goal. Like I just, I never let them doubt for a minute that they can't do that. And if it's that they want to be a rocket scientist or a surgeon or whatever it is, good, go ahead. Like let them dream of that. Don't tell them that, oh, that's too crazy. If, if you're that parent that's telling that kid that the chances are too slim of them achieving that goal, you right there are why there's so many average people who work nine to five jobs on the same yearly salary year after year after year, hoping to retire when they're 65. It's because of parents like you. I'm sorry. But you, and again, I it's that entrepreneurial but I want them to know that they can do anything. I'm not putting them through an assembly line. Um, I know that. But I think that that comes because you also believe in yourself. Yes. I didn't always, I didn't always, but I do now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the parents are saying that they've lost their own dream. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is where the major disconnect happens and I think you know earlier when you said like if you don't have time for your kids I I think that that's not even a question that most people ask I think that we were brought up to not ask questions you know Mm -hmm. in our generation um we all went to school like there were homeschooled kids but they were weird and everyone knew they were weird yeah they probably weren't weird but (laughs) but that's what everyone thought right um <laughs> and <laughs> and then and then you know we just got put in the box and and we were taught to stay in the box mm-hmm. and and then now we have a whole bunch of parents at this level of our lives who just never grew back out of the box asking questions so mm-hmm. so they have us just going one way and and nobody's asking questions and and this is where <clears throat> This is where, you know, in school, that's where our children are going to pick up those labels. That's where our children are going to pick up those limited beliefs. If we're not instilling them in them, hopefully, you know, those of us out there are doing enough personal growth to, to want to not do those things. But, but that is where it is. That's your exact story right there is just, that's what they're going to hear for their whole lives out there. And and if they can't sit still long enough, they're going to have ADHD. If they can't do this by, by this time, they're going to have delayed speech. If they can't do this by that time, then they're, you know, if, if we have our kids at home with us and we are believing in their dreams and we are thinking thoughts in our head that are growing them to the clouds, that is what we're going to see from them. Exactly. Exactly. It, it definitely sprouts down from the parents and the people who they spend the most time with, right? And sadly, a lot of times it's not the parent. It's the teacher. It's the daycare teacher. It's the after-school care that doesn't 
care about their passions, you know? Um, and you might even find a lot of your insecurities maybe even came from your own mom, your own grandma, mm -hmm. you know, because what they said to you as a child end up being what you believe. And maybe if you're lucky when you're an adult, you start to open your eyes and see that, well, maybe that wasn't the case. That's just how my mom grew up. That's what she was taught. So that's what she did. Yep. Yep. There's definitely a generation of us that are um, here to change so many things. And we are, I was just talking to Sarah about this, like this is the theme of our podcast. We are raising children for a new world, but we were raised in the old one. And so there's a lot there. There's a lot to undo. I meant to say that at the beginning of the podcast, because that's our new sentence, our new slogan, because we just had that clarity over the Christmas, like this is what we're doing. We're going to interview these women who are just questioning the systems because they're like, these are broken. And mm -hmm. you just knew it. You're like, no, my kids don't belong there. No kid belongs there, but I'm going to do something about it to show other mothers they could do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's options. You know, a and lot of people just think that there's not options. They don't question it. They just think they have to register their kids for school. And you don't. <laughs> you know what? I did it. I did it. I didn't re-register my kids for school this year and the school wouldn't stop calling me. I'm like, why, why are you calling me? I didn't register my kids. Why are you assuming you can have them? I'm like, and they're, they were quite upset with me because I didn't bother to call. I'm like, why well, didn't register them? They're not yours. Yeah. <laughs> stop calling me. <laughs> but yeah, it's just assumed. It's just assumed in today's society that that's what you're going to do. And you've got to just think for yourself. I want to encourage everyone listening. You've got to be a free thinker and then follow that, follow what your heart says, follow what your soul says, because I mean, Kelsey's glad she did. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure that the, that the journey was not easy. I'm sure it was very messy. It was very messy. Yes. <laughs> There's right. Uh, like we can't, we can't act like it just like appeared out of a box. That's not what we're saying. It, it takes yeah. so much time to, to ask questions and, and dive into ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. what yeah. did that look like for you, Kelsey? Yeah, it, um, honestly, I think I ordered, oh man, maybe five different like um, curriculum units from different companies. I like, I got the whole um, like recommendations from like a homeschool group in my area, like a Facebook group. And I ordered um, five different like first units for the curriculums. And um, we went through, like my son and I, we went through and I'm like, mm, this one's not for me. Nope, this one's not for us. No, this one like has two hours of prep for mom to do every night. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, you know, as much as I like to think that I am some sort of Pinterest mom and I do everything perfect. I am so far from that. You know, I don't have two hours a night to be cutting out crafts and, you know, let's face it when your kids are doing crafts and things, it takes you two hours to set it up, two hours to clean it up. And it takes your kid five minutes to do mm -hmm. the craft. Like I just, you know, 
So we went through and we figured out what was what was the best for us. And I've really realized it might not even be the same for each kid. I might order a different curriculum for the next kid because he learns differently. Um, mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to like, you know, take take a year to just do a lot of trial and error. And don't judge yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Um, kids learn so quickly. They really do. They pick up on, on things much easier than you think they will. And you'll find your groove. You'll find the little things that make your days easier. You know, even little things like, for example, if you know that you have an hour to sit down and get some work done, if you're, if you're a, uh, like mompreneur, you know, you're a work from home mom, what do you do when you go and sit down at your desk for an hour? I personally, and I'm sure most of you can agree, you probably go and make yourself a cup of coffee right? Or tea, whatever your, your drink of choice is. Well, I started letting my son <clears throat> judge me if you want to, but I started letting my son, we got, um, uh, like hot chocolate Keurig pods. And he now, when we go to sit down to do our schoolwork, he goes to our little coffee station. He puts my coffee pod on, does my coffee, then he does his own thing and he'll add some, you know, whipped cream and marshmallows and whatever else. And it's probably more sugar than I usually ever would let him have. However, it's that like, it puts you in a good mood when you sit down with a cup of something nice and hot and yummy to drink. It just makes that work a little bit easier, right? So like mm -hmm. little things like that, we really enjoy that time. We sit down with our hot coffee and hot, hot chocolate, and we read a couple of chapters and do some writing and things are just so much easier because it's like mm -hmm. little things like that, <clears throat> that um, we've just, you know, no homeschool book is it going to tell you to do that. But it made the world of a difference for us, for him to know that that's his, his thing. That's his job. When I set up whatever our assignment is for the day, he'll go and make our coffees at the coffee station. You know, I love that. It's mm -hmm. been, and that's probably so silly to even share that, but no, you know, he's going to tell that story for the rest of his life. I think that's really special. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, right. <laughs> Aw, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. It will be a memory that. for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Just, I like how one of the themes that you've, I've picked up on with you talking tonight is, just really leaning into what your kids like, mm -hmm. like really with the mm -hmm. writing about the hockey player and the hot chocolate and him wanting to do more math sheets. And it, it really was just, I mean, there's so much more to it, of course, but leaning yeah. into what yeah. your kids like will guide you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah, I've really, I've enjoyed it too. And there, it, it, I didn't always enjoy it. The beginning was hard. You know, it was hard to, um, to make that shift of them being, so he was at school and my second child was at preschool. So I went from being at home with one baby to then being home with all three. Mm -hmm. And that was a big shift, you know, mentally, mm -hmm. um, not having a break, you know, having 
all the kids home all the time. Um, but once we kind of got over that hump and, and got into the new normal, like this is our lifestyle. This is our normal, you know, this is how it's going to be. And I think seeing how closely my kids have grown together. Yes. Oh my God, that is worth it times a million. They are the closest brothers you'll ever meet. They are so sweet. And my littlest guy who's three right now, keeping up to kindergarten level with the next son because he just kind of hangs around and like ends up learning what the older brother is learning because he just like hangs around with us and listens, you know? So he's way farther ahead than what a three-year-old should be at because he's like just hanging out while we're doing all our schoolwork and they're just, they're so good together. They spend so much time together. That I feel like, have... oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying if there ever is a time where they're separated, it's it's like it warms my heart so much when they come back together and they'll give each other hugs like and literally say, oh, I missed you. What did you do today? How was your practice or like and they miss each other like they're so used to being around each other all the time. Just the sibling bond they have is unlike anything I've ever seen. I feel like you can tell when kids are homeschooled because they will play with all ages. Um, I know there's been times where Abrielle's had someone to play with and, you know, that the little girl wouldn't play with, with her because she was a little bit younger. She wouldn't play with Darcy because Darcy was younger. And that really comes from, well, I'm in a classroom all day with kids my own age. So that's the only one I know how to interact with. And homeschool kids, like they'll play with younger kids. They'll play with older kids. Like it's, uh, yeah. I find it such a different, but I just realized that we're, well, we try to keep it to an hour and we're like, we're over an hour. So <laughs> we'll have to do a part two or something. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah, that was so our pleasure. I have just so many more questions that I could ask you. So I think we'll definitely be doing a part two in this, but um absolutely really yeah really just believing in ourselves and and just taking it one step at a time and leaning into what we believe is right for ourselves nobody else can tell us that right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely i agree all right well this has been absolutely wonderful kelsey Great to have you. Um, this is going to be our new normal on the Mother Truster podcast. We have decided that it's time to give a voice to those who are ready to use theirs. And mm -hmm. we have a lot of people waiting to share with you. And honestly, these conversations are what really changes the world. Let's be honest. So yeah. let's keep having them.